Hey guys, you're listening to episode 15 of the Black Brewer podcast, the episode on mental health, part two. If you haven't listened to part one, go check it out. Anyway, showtime. A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. Kim for Daryl. Okay, next question. I want some free therapy from you guys. Um, (laughs) So the next question is called, where does psychiatry meet the spiritual? But I've actually got an example of like some... Sometimes when I was a little bit struggling, I'm going to be open with y'all guys. Um, but I remember, so a couple of years ago, I finished uni. Mm. And I remember like up to my final year, maybe a couple months till I finished my final year, I was just really anxious about, okay, I didn't know where I was going to work. I didn't know what I was going to be doing. I just had so much angst um, and I was really struggling. Um, and I was thinking, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm really scared. I'm really nervous. And I remember even graduating and having like interviews. I remember speaking to a couple of people and I was just like, I'm really anxious. Mm. And of course they were, giving me scriptures and saying you know be anxious for nothing and so forth but, in, but now in retrospect i'm thinking where was the part where i was naturally anxious and of course i was anxious generally but where was the part where i was it was a lack of trust in god mm-hmm. if i could put it that that way or Ooh. where was the part where it was natural because it's just in me so i have like, like a mental a health response. issue okay. so like kind of walk me through so when someone is like in that example anxious worrisome where where is it a mental health issue and where is it actually you just need to put your hope more in god mm, i get the question and, and it was situational because as soon as i got a job anxious as i actually went down yeah, yeah, yeah. haven't really gone through periods of like i have angsty moments mm-hmm. but um i haven't gone through the same like struggle i was going through then mm. so what i would say is that i think that question is so many people ask that question so many believers have that kind of question which is like what is when is it a mental health when issue? Is when is it a mental health issue? When is it just lack of trust in God? What can, like, do you know what I mean? Because like, obviously that determines the response. And I feel like, first of all, when it comes to, I think, I don't even think there's an objective or, no, I do think there's an objective, sorry. I don't think there's an agreed upon um, categorization necessarily. Okay, this is just spiritual, so to speak. And this is just um like this is an issue of your walk with the Lord, so to speak, meaning your relationship with Jesus and your trusting in him, etc. Or this is a health issue. I actually think it's quite blurred. Um, as in, I think when we have these conversations, people don't necessarily agree and it's, it's to some degree undefined. But I think, for example, when people talk about dementia, yeah, people aren't saying, put your hope in God because... They know that Because uh... we associate with a very clearly a biological degenerative state state which has issues on your cognitive ability blah, 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 mm. blah. However, and trusting in god is not gonna take away from the fact that you're struggling that, with yeah so yeah. you can read as many scriptures as you like if you have dementia unless the lord does a miracle which he can do indeed um but unless he does that reading don't be anxious is going to do nothing for you however mm-hmm. if you are anxious i'm not even i'm not even naming it for the sake of the question right now as a disorder or as just a spirit your issue i'm just talking about the the facts the symptoms if you are overly anxious about something and it's affecting your daily life this the word of god and the promises um that he gives to us 
should, if you're a believer, should have some impact. Mm-hmm. And it should it be, me. it should be a first response. Now that's not saying you can't go to, that's not saying you can't or shouldn't go to, it's not one like Daryl, um, for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, DM me, Daryl does free therapy. <laughs> Someone so like Daryl for therapy. But what it's saying is that the scriptures have a response to the symptoms at least. So they have a response to your feelings of anxiety. The Bible, the the word of God literally talks to anxiety. The word of God talks to hopelessness. There was I. many people I. in the depression. Bible that were anxious. No, like many just, people that were worried. Yeah. I think do not be afraid is like one of the most common phrases Every, in the scriptures. All the time. Mm. And so I think... David was being pursued by Saul, you know. How would you not <laughs> be anxious? King... <laughs> And that's not to say, like, I, I'm where could not you saying... run if Donald Trump was running, coming after you? You can <laughs> run, Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so I'm not saying that you shouldn't seek to see a therapist and other things. What I'm saying is that I personally can't put that in the same class as dementia or them things because the scriptures directly speak to the symptoms, at least. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, working out whether what the cause is. Like, is it because of a situation? In your case, it seems like perhaps it was because a change in situation took away those thoughts. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So is it situation? Is it just a bio? Like, for some reason, the chemicals in your brain have just decided to just go left, and therefore you are you are panicking. Um. <laughs> I love it. No way you said go uh, left. Yeah, because oh. I'm sure that something like that's happened to me before. I think I spoke to you one day and I was having like a series of what I now can call um, panic attacks. I was not anxious. I didn't have any underlying cause of anxiety. There was nothing going on in my life that was making me nervous. I was fine. I was sleeping. But at the same time, my body for some reason would respond as if I was in the middle of a fire, for example. Like I would be heavily breathing. I'd fall on the floor. I just just ah like and i wouldn't feel obviously the pat that fight or flight crazy and that in itself that was making me anxious but it wasn't caused by anxiety um like i was genuinely i know sometimes people um like when i because i went to see the doctors it literally felt like i was having a heart attack i was like i can't breathe like wow and they were like are you anxious i was like no they're like are you sick i was like no they're like has anything i was like no like i'm actually (laughs) anxious because these things are happening so i can see that as a um, I can personally, in hindsight, perceive it as purely biological because at the time, obviously no one's perfect, but me and the Lord would, like, it was it was all right. I was trusting the <laughs> Lord, preaching my gospel to myself every day. Mm. It wasn't a matter of my, of not trusting in the Lord or being anxious. I'm not using myself as an example to say that this is the only form of anxiety. But my point is that, I guess my point is A, finding the cause what you're worried about yeah so finding the cause of your symptoms so to speak um i'd say first of all i don't know it's hard because it's like you want to have you want to know what the cause is so you can know the the outcome or so you can know how to respond but Mm. my point is that if the scriptures speak to directly what you're saying what you're feeling sorry and the symptoms that you're having then regardless of whether you know technically if it's technically this disorder or that disorder the point is that the scriptures can help you do you know what i'm saying mm. but obviously if you broke your leg go to a doctor genesis one's not going to help do you get yeah. what i'm saying <laughs> so yeah i hope that made sense i, I think guess, i get you wait repeat the question again for me 
please. Okay, so I was so the the question I had in mind is where does psychiatry meet the spiritual? But Which, my whole my whole mm. example was was the idea of me struggling with anxiety mm. and me wanting to trace it from what was just I'm anxious, um, like physiologically, or my anxiety is is a lack or could be kind of um could reflect my lack of yeah, trust in God. Mm-mm. So like for for someone, and I think there's a lot of people who who go through different, you know, worries, anxieties, mm. depression, suicidal thoughts, and so forth, and mm. almost trying to be able to decipher what is, is something that I need to look to the Lord and what I need to... With just a quick point on the word and the question, you said psych- psychiatry. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. change, please. Psych- psychiatrists prescribe medication. Okay. The role of medication is to reduce the impact of your physical sensations. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'm really rusty on this. It's like dopamine. Yeah. It makes you sensitive to different stimuli. Stimuli. So, like, if you have high dopamine, you're going to be more emotional. I could be wrong on the specifics, so please don't kill me, <laughs> any of you biology students. But like, happy drug. No, not I happy drug. I think it regulates mood. Just I'm, I haven't mood and read emotions. this in a yeah, long time. But, like, the, go- the goal of medicine is to reduce the impact of distress. Mm. Yeah. I see a dog, I'm gone. You see a dog, <laughs> it's just a dog. The impact for us is different. Yeah. I see a statistic in a hoodie it's just a it's just a road man i um, see one susan it's time for me to go why we will, bo- we will both experience <laughs> yeah we, we will susan. both experience fear yeah yeah mine is one out of ten susan's might be eight out of ten um what medicine will do for susan is when she sees it it's not eight out of ten it's four out of ten mm-hmm. so she's not now heart's beating Mm. i need to get out of here she may still have the thought this is dangerous but she's not running struggling to run away in her heels Mm -hmm. so medicine reduces the impact so that you can function during the day essentially now if we're talking about so that's what what psychiatrists will do you guys are just yeah yeah yeah. psychiatrists are medical doctors when you get psychologists therapists counselors now i guess if we're talking about anxiety i guess yeah because if it does if it does go undealt with you anxiety will definitely develop into schizophrenia paranoia mm. um it, it it all of that falls under the scope of anxiety um anxiety but they're very extreme yeah they're usually caused by um catastrophic life events and now you're just i don't want to say no, now you're just heavily impacted mm. so i guess if we're talking about worrying when i've stopped trusting the lord i'd say when scriptures say do not be anxious it's telling you to take action if worry is useful I will, i've said this all the time worry is a good thing if you worry you're now aware that something harmful is coming something harmful could come mm-hmm. the, now what you do is what am i worrying about what can i do about it that's literally it as you said you're worrying about getting a job when you got the job your anxiousness went Mm -hmm. you still get anxiousness people get anxious every day i've got this report to submit i've got this bill to pay i've got i lost my bank card i so many things can cause you to become anxious anxiousness is a good thing it helps you plan ahead anxiousness becomes unhelpful when all you do is is just embrace your anxiety if 
if I got cut now as we speak, I'm going to start bleeding. I will definitely cry. I will definitely be upset. But I'm going to be like, go and get me a plaster. Call 999. <laughs> but what we tend to do, I'm just going to look at my cut and just let it bleed. this is going to bleed. Oh my gosh, this is such a bad cut. Oh my goodness, I'm going to die. And it paralyzes you. Mm-hmm. And all you're doing is being anxious. It's like staring at an open wound. You're not doing anything about it. You're not seeking medical attention. Now, where I'd come back to the scriptures when it's like, do not be anxious. Shift your focus on the Lord. I mean, if you're someone who deals with a lot of anxiety, you should be reading on the sovereignty of God as a Christian. Mm. I think you should definitely... Had to click for that. You, you should... Uh, is it Tozer? I don't know if it's Tozer right. or, or J.C. Ryle. Isn't it pink? Sovereignty. Well, A.W. Pink and A.W. Tozer A. W. both pink did and books, Tozer, I I'd definitely recommend reading some books on the sovereignty of God. Mm. Just read through the Old Testament, Providence. The reason I'm saying this is because the reason you can be anxious for nothing is because every bad situation you have is to conform you to the image of Christ. Mm. So even if you're worried about <laughs> being evicted because mum didn't pay the bills or you've now got stage four cancer or you know you've got a motor neuron disease and you're about to become a paraplegic all of these things will make you worry but when all you do is worry it's only going to destroy you Mm. the more you worry the further you just go down that worry hole but if you now say well what can I do asking yourself I mean some things are out of your control Mm. and with that, it's about shifting your focus to what do I actually have control over? So when, again, when scripture says, do not be anxious, you have to remind yourself of the sovereignty of God. I guess also, on the, I guess from a more psychological perspective, we sort of think if situation A happens, we will not be able to cope mm-hmm. and we are finished. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like we're predicting this is the end when in actual fact some things so for example um had a family member they went to get all these tests and stuff they were they were lost and um the tests were positive and they were like beforehand they were like i'm finished when the test came back positive they were like okay i've got this what can i do next Mm -hmm. prior to the event they were just like if i've got this my life is over when they actually found out they had this particular disease, they were like, just took a deep breath. Okay, I've got this, what can I do? Whereas if all they did was embrace their anxiety, when that news came from the doctor, they could have even killed themselves because of the the gravity of the Mm. situation and how much distress it would have caused them. But being anxious beforehand helped them prepare um, for the doctor's news, if you get what I mean. Mm. I, it came like two weeks later. So anxiety is, is a good thing. It's only, it's when all you do is embrace your anxiety. All you do is worry is when it is unhelpful mm. and it paralyzes you. And now you're just weeping and crying. Every little thing is sending you over the edge. Mm. Um, yeah, if you're a Christian, God is sovereign. We're, we're just passing through this life. Mm. Yes, you should feel anxious, but 
you need to shift your attention back to the promises of God and you know your body's fading away anyway <laughs> like death isn't the end this is like a checkpoint yeah so Just have it even it you know mind. you know that you know that thing about there's that running joke about your friends who drive crazy but did you die mm, like, I like that one even if you do die you're going to be with the Lord so I'm not I'm not saying if you are a Christian and you're still anxious you're weak or anything all I'm saying is maybe you need to spend more time shifting your focus back to the scriptures shifting your focus back to Bible reading and praying fellowshipping with other believers mm. um if you want a more practical approach, I'm not saying, you know, reading your Bible and speaking believers isn't practical, but if you want a more like anxiety focused way, ask yourself what you're worrying about. Ask yourself if you can do something about it or you can't. It's literally it. If you can't do something about the thing you're worried about, focus on the other things that worry you because you're, you should also recognize that, okay, I actually have no control over this exam result. I have no control over this um tube or bus that is now 10 minutes late which means i'm going to be late and my boss is going to be angry at me it's nothing you can really do about it you should focus on okay for example if i'm going to be late to work nothing i can do about the bus or tube being late can i contact my colleague to tell my boss if it's a meeting can i reschedule can i tell them in advance Just like, what, what, can, what I can i do yeah I feel you that's guys. that's literally it Okay, so next question, which I'm really looking to, forward to hearing your thoughts is, what can the church do to support those impacted by mental health? So when I think of the church, I'm thinking of, of course, pastors. I'm also thinking of actual like laymen, church members. And also how can we apply the gospel to mental health? I would say, it may sound so typical to say, honestly, pray to God. And the reason I'm saying that is that the Lord... Um, Obviously, he's sovereign. He controls all things. It's so, This is something I used to encourage myself all the time. And I used to encourage other people because I know it's encouraged me. One of the truths of the Lord. Like um, Daryl was saying about his sovereignty. The Lord has seen everything a billion, trillion times over. Purposed he, it too. Purposed it. Made it so. But he's he's seen it. He's seen all of it. Like um depression is not new just because people are talking about it now yeah um, psychotic disorders these things are not they've been around new. for ages this is this yeah. is this happens all across the world for since since you know since since the fall like this is what god has seen and he's he's sufficient and able to keep all his saints throughout all time and he never loses someone um because he's never dealt with this kind of situation before so prayer like don't underestimate prayer is not meaningless prayer is not impractical obviously there's a time if you just prayer pray you. that could be impractical yeah mm. prayer changes you and that's a big thing i would say first of all if you're scared about mental health and you, it makes you nervous you don't know how to speak confess that to the lord it's okay mm. like don't don't try and force yourself to just say like lord i don't get it like i'm scared i don't understand and and pray pray to the lord to to help you um and pray to the lord to teach you how to pray for those who are in distress um i would say also I'd, i think it's important to um communicate to the person um but at the same time respect their space so um i think for me i know something sometimes like if i know that someone's not all right and that they're really struggling with their mental health or other things 
my natural reaction is to be in their face to send them 100 messages there oh my gosh i love you so much i pray for you to like that's not always helpful it's it's good to communicate your affection for somebody and yeah. your your willingness to support them and your desire to see them in the church etc 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 um if they're absent from church and everything but also pray pray to the lord for wisdom um for wisdom to how to speak and when to speak all those things and the word of god will guide you um so that's prayer and, and like reaching out and stuff like that um and confessing to the lord if you're just nervous and anxious um and also ask them if there's anything you could do to help like sometimes people with mental health disorders um don't eat <laughs> or they don't have an appetite sometimes they eat too much um sometimes the main issue is getting out of the house like ask people might not always respond and don't be offended um i think that's my next point but what i'm going to say is yeah so ask how you can support um and if support like i said if support means driving to the person's house to help them to go to church if you know that perhaps they want to go to church or to somewhere else or even to the doctors whatever they just cannot get out of the house you know ask them like would it help if or you know just generally asking the help don't be, be available to speak them ones yeah your you are keeper. your brother's keeper you are your sister's keeper um the church has a responsibility to comfort those who are in distress and mm. we should be getting our comfort from the lord every single person alive and every believer alive knows what it feels like to be distressed you may not have ever had a disorder so to speak you may never have lost this person but you know what sadness feels like you know how it feels you know what grief is we have responsibility the comfort that that we've received from the holy ghost we've got a responsibility to pray to the lord and ask for wisdom how to share that with other people and lastly i would say i think i alluded to it earlier but just to say um don't be offended if somebody doesn't message you back if somebody tells you that you're in their face like don't take things personally um because it's first of all it's just genuine it's literally not about you um it's unlikely that they're actually responding to you as a person and they more they're more so responding to what they're experiencing etc etc and lastly even though i just said lastly but lastly don't excuse sin um i think that's something maybe out of nervousness or political correctness sometimes that people want to do so if somebody is i'm talking about people in control of their behavior um so it's someone um but yeah so don't don't excuse sin so for example if someone is i don't know i can't think of an example yeah okay that was definitely swinging for the mic right now so let's say <laughs> if someone's just like i'm gonna punch someone up because i'm mad and they're using their health issues which may be very real but they're using it as as an excuse for sin from believer to believer whether you're a lame or your pastor i can tell you from the word of god that this you have power by the holy spirit to overcome your temptation to sin that's something that the spirit mm. gives you that's that's outside that's that's it that's an eternal help mm, we mm. always have power to fight against sin and um, by the grace of god so i can't it's not productive it's not helpful it's not loving for me to excuse your sin but oh he's not feeling too well obviously love co- covers a multitude of sin and some yeah. it's not every time you pick up and say shit i've done this shit i've done that stupid but there's a time <laughs> to be like my sister my brother um do you know like the word of god does not say this is says this is unacceptable and encourage them that the the holy spirit is actually here that jesus had so much confidence in sending the spirit as our comforter knowing that he would be sufficient for us even without christ being on earth trust Mm. trust that trust his word if he says that 
you know, you should point out sin, point out the sin. If he says you should encourage your brother and tell them that the Lord is there to help them, then do that. Do you know what I'm saying? There's some of the things that, some of the things that I'd say. I, I love the importance of like friendship and like community <laughs> in in a lot of the things you're saying. Because I think when I was thinking of what the church could do, a lot of the times I'm very much like, okay, what kind of pastor preach? What kind of pastor say? You know, mm-hmm. type of things. But even when we think about things like therapy, it's all about talking to someone, that whole like relational aspect. And I feel like in the church, we should be those who are, are a community so we're looking out for each other you're looking out for someone who looks like they're struggling Mm. you're contacting them you know that as someone being alone like isolation may breed more anxiety so you're Mm. you're calling them you're seeing how they are you're praying for them and i think Mm. that whole notion of churches being communal Mm. so like a body of believers who love who care who encourage each other with the gospel who give their lives who do all they can to serve one another because you know that's what that's what we found to be the truth of christianity um and i think that should be something that all believers should be concerned about. Mm-hmm. So you're looking to someone and you're right, okay, I haven't seen them in a while. Oh, you, you can see this person struggling. You can see that this person may have a, a natural kind of proclivity to, to be anxious, a, anxious okay. whatever it is, suicidal, you know, have had dark days, had dark thoughts, but you're willing to do whatever you can to help them. And I think every Christian should be desirous of that in every local church they're in, just wanting to make sure that they're, brethren is okay the person next to them the person that they speak to regularly the person they don't speak to regularly is okay and i would say sorry i'm sure you want to say something no, but just in response keep to talking what that was fine to wait about <laughs> about community um as a believer you should seek to have meaningful relationships with the believers around you doesn't mean you're going to have to tell everybody about the deepest things about yourself it doesn't mean you have to be best friends with everybody but it does mean you should be seeking to have meaningful relationships sometimes the people that you naturally just get on with etc sometimes not necessarily like we might not chat but there's a there's a godly concern that you have for the person like you said if you don't see more kind of stuff like i've spoken to believers who've said that they were sick um mentally or physically to be honest but i guess we're talking about mental health they were sick they didn't know who to speak to they went in church for 10 11 12 13 14 weeks no one contacted them that's disgraceful nobody noticed that they weren't there that's a shame and, that's and it happens sad. though as i it just said that's really disgraceful happens. very and i'm sure to some degree we've easily. all participated in something like that do you know what i'm saying obviously it's mad if every single but like nobody saw this person even and if I'm you had like, 10 people in your church 10 people didn't notice this person wasn't here for 12 weeks you know <laughs> and that's painful you know? i mean that's yeah that's a dangerous what are we saying about christ's affection for his church you know what i'm saying mm. if that's if that's what what we're doing and it's not always deliberate it can be just careless but i'm saying we should seek by god's grace to learn how to have meaningful um relationships meaningful doesn't always mean like it doesn't always look one way do you know what i'm saying it's not always it's not every time so how's your what going and what is your test that's n- that's not the only way to be meaningful do you know what i'm saying um sometimes it is saying just messaging someone that you don't even maybe you don't even talk to that much but because they are a believer you care for them you've got love for you love mm. this person because you know what it's like this we're all in the world you know, we're in a fallen world we're in a broken world um we know satan schemes he tries to he, depression is something that he tries i'm not talking about in a, in a health sense but the idea of being hopeless is something that satan uses to attack believers all the time for every fun day. every day and um even if I don't understand the severity of what you're experiencing, just that understanding alone that, do you know what I mean? We all have the same, we've got the same enemy. We've got the same Lord. We've got the same, we're fighting the same battle. I, by default of being a believer, love other believers. We, we all 
you know what I mean? It's, it's natural to, to the believer's life. So like to reach out to someone and be like, hi, um, I don't necessarily know what to say or, but you know, I'm praying for you. It may seem like, oh, I'm not doing anything practical, but that may be the most practical thing you could do. And I've had people, like person after person after person saying, it could be years later, years later being like, that message you sent me five years ago actually at the time when I could not open my mouth to pray I'm so grateful that at least I knew even though I didn't respond to know that people were praying for me to know that people were bringing my name before the Lord meant a lot to me mm. do you know what I'm saying so don't underestimate stuff like that I'd say as well mm. Daryl um what can like more Christians do in your church is that what you mean yeah so it could be what could churches do like in terms of like pastors and so example so I, I I've got an example for like I feel sorry for pastors man <laughs> <laughs> I do think they have a responsibility but I don't think the burden completely rests on them yeah um but I do I do really think um probably we should even be it all boils down to relationships and this is further than hey brother how are you on Sunday quick five minute talk go and leave I think um, a lot of us don't know how to even have conversations. So sharing experiences is one. Um, building a relationship before someone gets into distress so that when you do ask, I haven't seen you for two weeks or you seem really sad today. They are really, they are already able to tell you. Mm, because a lot of the times when I'm in treatment, I'll say to people, okay, so when we're talking about you're going to kill yourself, that sort of stuff, always ask a question called protective factors. So why haven't you killed yourself? They always say family and friends and I always ask, can you talk to them? And they say, oh, I don't really know. We don't really talk about stuff like that. Or I definitely love my family and stuff, but I just can't talk to them. And it's like, a lot of us have very superficial conversations. I think banter, laughing and joking is very important. But to build the to build trust with someone to the point where they say I am struggling is is a different ball game altogether. Yeah. I think the way you build that is to literally say is to be transparent almost. So mm. when it's hi, how are you? It's not hey, I'm good or hey, I'm blessed. And you are blessed because of the finished work of Christ. But I mean. It, it's you being able to say, you know, when you have those Monday to Friday conversations, I'm feeling down today, you know. Mm. I'm feeling really crap. I'm feeling really rubbish. Um, <laughs> and you being able to have those small conversations so that when either of you comes into like real, dist- not not that saying I'm down, feeling down today isn't real distress. When you come to a point when you're you are, severely distressed mm. you've now built that bridge between you and the person where you can say i've been depressed for a long time now i've been anxious i'm struggling with xyz mm. if you can't admit the small difficulties that you experience even if it's for an hour so for example if i had a conversation where i was like hey mary you'd be like hey how are you what you've been up to blah 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 and then instead of just saying instead of me just saying oh no i'm good you know I spent two hours worrying about the outcome of this exam that I just did. I think I've failed. I think I've this. If we can't even admit those everyday worries, how am I now going to tell you my mom has cancer of the pancreas and I'm scared I'm going to wake up and see her dead in my bed? How are you going to 
discuss those heavier topics mm-hmm. if you weren't even saying if you weren't even discussing the small difficulties that you face on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis mm-hmm. how are you going to even discuss the small difficulties you have on a day-to-day basis if you're only having hi how are you conversations and what are you up to me if you look at my whatsapp now i haven't asked someone how they are for years the people i'm tight with it's this happened to me today i can't believe this happened i was rattled i was shaking or it's sharing an experience or Mm. have you ever thought of this my friend will be like no i haven't thought of it this way that's happened to me you know you are having reflective conversation you both learn you both grow you both see things from various perspectives you're clarifying what each other means and then you sort of understand each other better you can relate to each other emotionally Mm. now you've built a good rapport a good relationship now you can say for the last two days bro i've been feeling really really upset i don't know why i feel like this then your friend's gonna ask you why do you feel like that i don't even know when did it start Oh, it started at like 1pm three days ago. What happened at that time? Yeah. You know that what? I never like really thought about it like that. This happened at 1pm three days ago. Now both of you are like working together. Mm-hmm. And so when you have those sort of conversations, even though they are small instances, if you can confess those small instances when you feel upset, sorry when you can discuss those small instances when you are upset when the big things happens you'll be able to confess or say to your friend i am struggling with xyz yeah also if you're able to confess the small things after you've built a good relationship with someone um things won't you'll have something we call social resources that will enable you to they sort of soften the blow or lessen the impact of distress so even though you've just lost your job, your self-esteem has dropped, you've, your partner or spouse has just left you, not marriage, but I mean like someone you're dating or whatever, or, um, you know, something untoward has happened and you're now divorced. Oh my goodness. <laughs> something untoward has happened and you're now distressed. Yeah. Yeah. If you have those social resources, your mom's going to be like, why are you upset? get out of your room, let's go and cook, let's go cinema, let's do this. You're not focusing on your distress anymore. You're now focusing on things that give you pleasure, meaning, enjoyment. You're now reflecting, you're now talking, you're sort of letting out your distress or making more sense of it. You know, bear one another's bearing, a burden shed is a burden halved. All of those principles Mm. are put into play. This thing is still hurting you but the impact has lessened so now you're not going to isolate yourself further you're not going to see the world in a negative light anymore because you have a good relationship yeah you have people you can talk to offload to um i think it i to be honest with you i think a lot of mental health disorders would be severely reduced if we all built better relationships with each other even with the practical examples i just gave yeah like I build good relationships with people you can banter, have serious discussions, theological ones if you're Christian. I mean, well, I mean, the listeners would be Christian, but, you know, have those theology discussions, have those banterous discussions. Now start sharing experiences. Yeah. But I think that comes with 
vulnerability, transparency, yeah, 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 openness, mm, humility, mm, mm. and those are things that we tend to kind of shy away from. Mm. So me ha- me having to confess to you guys that I'm struggling in X, Y, Z, like, oh, that's mm. really tough. Let's just talk about Strictly Come Dancing or yeah, yeah, Brexit, yeah, like yeah, something yeah. like that. Not, no one, because I might say something and I make both of you uncomfortable and then I'm uncomfortable and it's like, oh, why did I say something? Mm. Whereas if we're, and I think that's why even in a local church there has to be this sense of transparency that I think can yeah. be fostered by the by the pastor mm. because if you're not treating mental health as like, like a stigma you're not you're not treating depression or suffering generally you're not tra- treating the fact that people that we live in a broken world and that people are definitely impacted generally in life mm, mm. then we can actually have conversations where we talk about okay when was the last time you cried when was the last time you was down mm. but this whole idea of building a uh, environment where everyone everything is perfect because i remember this first church i was so going dangerous. to everyone was perfect everyone was happy everyone had everyone was doing well everyone was getting promotions everyone was living their best life everyone's year was <laughs> their year like everyone was was doing big things nobody mm. was sad nobody was struggling and if they were it was a result of a lack of faith or the enemy but i think mm. if you build uh environment in your local church where you can have pertinent conversations mm. about struggle oh, about death about sh- you, you know got some mm. words but i can't lie <laughs> you, can true, true, true. <laughs> you can have really serious conversations and, true, I, and I think i remember even someone like piper who's written so much on the topic of suffering like just so much but then people can read it and be like wow like people do suffer in this life mm. christians suffer you know the whole idea of that christians are daily anguished suffering is your portion yeah like sorrowful and you know down and somber and melancholic and like these are just realities for a believer and if churches can actually adopt that and and have something to respond to it which is the gospel which is redemption Mm -hmm. through the lord jesus christ then we're able to have serious conversations where we can be open with each other Mm. and i think Mm. churches need to kill i've got so many things churches (laughs) need to kill the stigma of like um how did they go about doing that I think some things can be preached by the word. Some things can be preached just by having. So, like, if a pastor is preaching on a specific topic, and then they 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 actually can talk about times when they've personally struggled. Like, because you mm. listen to a, a preacher preach a lot. You know, if you're in a church for six months, you're probably going to hear your preacher preach over a hundred sermons, mm. and and him having to be able to be open and say, "Yeah, David was struggling in Psalm 88. Mm. I've been through similar mm-hmm. situations, or I know people that have been through similar situations." So you listen to something, you're thinking, "Oh, raw, like." He's moving through something. And then you mm. can talk to him after. And then you can talk to someone next to you after. And then you've adopted. The preachers whole... set the tone. Yeah. yeah. And I think they should. I think preachers I should set the tone. To be, I mean, one thing I learned from my more overt brothers in the faith. What does that mean? <laughs> overt. Overt. Oh, overt. Okay, overt. <laughs> yeah. My more enthusiastic brothers in the faith. Okay, so more of the Pentecostals, more yeah, the charismatic more Pentecostal brothers. Charismatic. A lot of their churches have um, small cell groups, yeah. Or they have like accountability parties. Like the part, they'll be like, I don't know, two hundred people. There's groups of fours all over the place, or mm. there's groups of twos, mm. or there is, you know, uh, an adult who's like twenty six and he's a, and he has like four sixteen year olds who mm. are in a WhatsApp group with him, or they're just in regular contact. Like I think. I'm saying adopt the principle of what they're in, what they're basically promoting there is regular contact. Kind of living life do on that, life. Yeah. You produce familiarity. Mm. If you produce familiarity, get to know each other, get to know each other, more transparent. But I'd also say, I guess if you're on a receiving end, when someone says to you, 
I've gone through this today. Do not shove it off. I mean, when I say shove it off, I mean, do not disregard it. Dismiss Play it. it down. I want a lot of us, to, a lot of us should um, focus specifically on what they're saying. We should actually ask questions and explore why they're feeling that way. Even if they said, I was so anxious because, you know, I didn't pass this exam. Because if we aren't um, sort of like engaging people with those sort of instances or everyday worries, um, they will now learn that I can't talk to this person. Mm. Sort of like if a child says, mommy, mommy, look at this picture. They want you to celebrate it with them and the mom's just disregarding it. They're not going to now come to you when they're doing even bigger and better things because they're just going, they're just going to think this person is going to disregard care. me. Yeah, yeah, you will learn sort of like, um, what's that thing? Operant conditioning and... Bro, <laughs> Sorry, basically learning that if you do this, the response is negative, basically. Mm. Positive yeah. reinforcement. Yeah, positive mm. reinforcement and negative mm. reinforcement. So, yeah, uh, the superficial conversations need to stop. Daryl really wants to kill the superficial conversations. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I... Yeah, they, I they do, they do. Uh, I, I get it. And even just, I think churches should just, yeah, just offer hope, offer the gospel... As, mm, as course, always course, like yeah. even I'm, i was reading um isaiah 42 free and i forgot I, I, there's a there's a book called bruce read bruce read by richard sibbs but mm. i forgot it was an actual scripture and it's what's about in isaiah 42 verse 3 a bruise read he will not break and a fainting burning wick he will not quench this whole idea of the lord seeing our frailty mm. even mm. similar kind of language is used in psalm 103 where it talks about god knowing off that we're that we're that we're dust, dust. Mm. and still loving us and i think just someone who's struggling someone who generally feels like dust someone who generally feels like i'm delicate i'm breaking yet mm. the lord loves me so. and that is something to offer the believer and that that's something that you can offer that, that only the christian can find solace in really you mm. know you you have an unbeliever he goes to therapy he learns all these different things and you know and he sees his anxiety drop but you have a believer who is who who is able to look to the scriptures look to a lord who's loved him with an everlasting love and find refuge in that you know mm. the lord is a refuge you know and we find so much comfort in that and i think of course churches do that every week when they when they're preaching the gospel but just if that's someone who's struggling just remember that the lord is you know a bruised reed he will not correct like if you're if you're breaking the lord will not the lord can still console you mm. um so yeah i've got a question i think so if someone was to say i think i'm struggling with my mental health what should i do like what what would what were things that you would say to them mm. You better speak to someone as soon as possible. It doesn't necessarily need to <laughs> be a medical professional. But if you stay by yourself, if you isolate yourself, you are only going to try and play it down or deal with it by yourself. But you need to also recognise that if something is distressing you, you're not able to do it by yourself. You're not able to deal with it by yourself, otherwise you would have. Yeah. So speak to someone, a friend... If you don't feel you can speak to any friends, speak to your colleague. If you don't think you can speak to your colleague, speak to your boss. Can't speak to your boss, ring your GP. If you can't ring your... No, you can ring your GP. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, you know, if you're one of those people who have suicidal thoughts and you've now said, I'm going to kill myself this Sunday at 2 p.m. This is very hypothetical. Um, go to your local A&E. Mm. Um immediately if you are someone who has suicidal thoughts on a regular basis you've now said said to yourself i'm gonna overdose and you've bought like 50 you've bought like a hundred pack of 
paracetamol or antipsychotics like sertraline or whatever, go to your local A&E. You'll get assessed by a psych liaison team um, and they will support you from there. Um, I guess if you're someone who's just is worrying a lot or you worry in social situations where you think you're going to develop a more serious long time um, health sort of issue or you have phobias or whatever, whatever mental health issue it is, don't stay quiet. You have mm. to speak to someone. Yeah. Even if you do speak to your friends, still speak to your GP and say, I'm struggling with this. Your GP is going to forward you to some mental health service. He has a, he, she has a duty of care to ensure your safety. Would you, would you say you should talk to your pastor as well? Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Oh my gosh. Do you know what? The way I'm saying this is like, I'm speaking to <laughs> everyone, but I realize it's a Christian podcast. Sorry. Blackberry and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm joking, like, you can, but that's still contact, good help. Yeah, con- contact. Yeah. Con- like, yeah, speak to your, speak to your pastor. Um, Speak to other believers. I mean, ones you can trust, though. Not like your hi, how we are you, you people. We feel you. Your friends. Your, your real, friends. Your close friends. The ones that you hear from Monday to Saturday, not just Sunday, <laughs> for that two, three hours that you're at church. Um, yeah, speak to believers. Speak to your pastor. I mean, if they're busy, be patient. Speak to them. Speak to your parents. Speak to an elder in your church. Um a deacon to just almost do everything any any believer but do something so seek clinical help as well as seeking yeah someone in your church for example um zoe what what, what would you advise i I probably said everything daryl said but also (laughs) um sorry to be repetitive but yeah to pray to god and cry out to the lord you may not have the right words don't feel like you have to understand your situation and be able Mm. to use the right words to communicate Mm. to the lord the lord hears people that can't speak um the lord hears everything he knows everything um and ask him for the grace cry out to him um for help um and i'd encourage anybody to read psalm 107 it's one of my favorite psalms um where there's just so many different situations that are stated and then so it could be a natural Mm. disaster or um because of someone's sin or something but the person's in distress and then the scriptures repetitively say they cried out to the Lord. In their he saved them. They cried out to the Lord and the Lord heard them and saved mm. them out of their distress. And that is this, that's just a story of um, the gospel. Like the Lord is so compassionate um, and he will, he will, he always hears, even if you feel like the Lord is not hearing you, the Lord always hears and, and he will grant you the grace to, to endure. Like he, sometimes he just heals things. Other times he, he grants people the grace to endure um but if you're a believer there are two options um and um so yeah don't feel like i have to be in a better place to pray um yeah and there was something else Mm. oh yeah also i guess if you want you can also self-refer yourself to a lot of psychological services um for example if you I mean, I don't know where people live and whatever, but I mean, if you're in London, no, in fact, even in England, just Google your borough and then mm-hmm. put IAPT. It's like IAPT. They're like clinical service for, I think even the it's UK. I the could UK. be wrong. But like, for example, we're in Newham. If you put Newham and you put IAPT, you're going to have at least four or five services in different parts of the borough. Mm. If you put Hackney, IAPT, you're going to get various things. If you put um hendon 
IAPT, you're mm. going to get a list of IAP services. They're all psychological services. Now, even if they can't help you, they will signpost you to psychological services who can help you because IAPT is primarily primarily cognitive behavioral therapy. Sometimes you might get um, DBT, which is like dialectical behavior therapy. Um, they have counseling. They have um, marriage counseling services in there. They have they deal with yes. a range of things, even things like yeah, um, PTSD. But if they can't help you, they are going to find um, a service that can help mm-hmm. you in order to make sure that you get the correct um, care. Every borough has um, something that is called like a psychological panel where people who, how do I explain this? So let's say you approach, so for example, my service uses primarily CBT. If we have a case which we feel is like very severe, but we're not equipped to deal with it, they everyone like meets up like all the psychological services and they basically swap cases. Mm. So like, oh, I could take that. We'd be more suited to work with this mm. because someone has ended up with them. So it's sort of like they swap patients. Okay, no, I can't take this. Could you take this because they're um, dealing with X, Y, Z? But they will always forward you to psychological treatment that can help you basically. Mm. And you don't have to pay. It's all free, by the way. It's like NHS service. Um, you can also, I don't know. If IAP service can't help you, they'll always forward you to a counselling service mm-hmm. or some other type of therapy that exists. But um, yeah, it's there's always help. Yeah, there's there always really help. There's loads help. of help out there. So much. I feel like almost doing like trying to bring this to a close and last mm-hmm. words. I think you see just when someone's struggling. Let's say someone has a physical ailment. Mm. we're on the lookout for it if someone has a rash or someone has a skin disorder we're like oh, you should go and see or you need to sort this out and i think the same thing should be done for our mental health of course it's it's not visible it's hidden away so it, and it's not easy to detect but there's almost this this um openness especially in the black community to confront mental health to talk about it not to use it as a taboo to, to actually deal Do with the fact recently there is no i think we should have we should oh, we, we should, should have, actually okay, yeah, be mindful yeah, yeah. of it just as people who live in this world and then also just realizing even as christians um especially in our culture of everything you know god can heal and god can can bring perfect things and 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 we realize that we actually still live in a sinful world that not everything has been glorified you know we're not in, in we're not in heaven as it were and there are believers there are people who still are impacted by sin and mm. and that impacts their mind and they and they have mm-hmm. a, a a varied kind of um spectrum of, of things that, that they made that may elder them in their mind um i think it's just kind of reminding e- each other and, mm. and having that desire to to love and to be and to be conscious of people around you who may be struggling and to talk so to sort them sort of like what to look out for yeah and no, i just i was just oh, saying okay. it as a point i wasn't yeah, even yeah. just just something just to I feel like mental health is, I don't know if it's just I've been reading it a lot or I've experienced it in my own life and I've got friends who've struggled with it. Everyone's experienced it. <laughs> Everyone. Everyone has experienced it, especially symptoms. what you said in the beginning. This Everyone you've experienced symptoms, symptoms in the beginning. Um, and I think it's just something that we should be aware of. And I think the black community tends to, let's not talk about it, this is really mm. awkward. But I think, as you said, we ne- we definitely need to talk about it. No, we do, we do. Any last words, guys? I would just say I'd encourage every believer to... Um, remember that for some people um a mental health disorder is just like one period of their life 
um obviously people experience it day to day but i'm talking about like the the illness where you need medical help that um for some people they just have one episode and then the rest of the life rest of their life they don't have it other people will fight anxiety every single day till the day that they die um or dementia every single day and all these other things and just remember that um this world is not our home that there there is a day coming when the lord will wipe all the tears away from our eyes and there'll be mm. no such memory of such things there'll be no distress and no sadness and we literally christ will be the fulfillment of all our expectations and mm. that is you know that the, the the healing might not always be in this world but there is a world to come whereby your your state is ju- you're just able to gaze on the lord forever and there's no there's no anxiety there's no hopelessness those things don't exist there and so just um encourage yourself in the lord that um even if i have to fight this every single day of my life um the lord will keep me and i'm loved by the father the son and the holy ghost and that is sufficient to keep me to the end and one day i will meet the god who died for me and there will be peace and just remembering that that that's not a fairy tale that's 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 the reason why we can wake up every single day do you know what i mean um and so to just remind yourself that this is not the end as bad as it can be um and i can only imagine for people that have this issue permanently and people who know that this is a struggle that they're going to have i can imagine how scary that is mm. um but just remember that you're a child of god god hasn't abandoned you um god ha- god doesn't hate you he loves you with an everlasting love and he will keep you to the end and uh, he'll bring bring you to the biggest satisfaction and fulfillment which would be seeing himself in the end Darryl? um uh build more meaningful relationships with people in your church mm. oh um when you're interacting with people please 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 this is something i see a lot um when people are like i know this is silly but stop them immediately make sure they don't view something that they're struggling with as silly Mm. make sure they don't compare you know their problems to someone else's problems um if you see people you know shying away or like isolating themselves you need to grab those people quickly when i say grab them speak to them privately i mean share your own experiences with them that's how you'll enable them to share experiences with you um yeah don't let people say negative things about themselves as well like if someone makes a mistake oh i'm so stupid you need to deal with those sort of thoughts and stuff immediately before they become turned from thoughts to core beliefs Mm. um what else is there i mean there's a range of things to look out for maybe if yeah just make sure you're there to support people if they're doing anything unhelpful try and talk to them about it you know they're isolating themselves if they're avoiding certain places because of you know um things they believe if they are overly anxious if they are beating themselves up all the time it's you need to watch out for the small statements people make when they speak i am stupid before saying something just the small comments you then they're only here for a moment and then you sort of disregard it. You need to catch them and deal with them as they occur. That's a lot. A lot of people struggle with self, low self-esteem and we beat ourselves up and we don't even notice ourselves doing it unless someone else says something. Um, yeah, anxiety. If someone's worrying, again, catch it. 
notice it, deal with it. I guess that's more to do with anxiety and depression. But mm. um I mean, and you guys have got resources as well that you could recommend. So um, I think what we'll do is anyone who wants any resources, email us at blackberry at gmail dot com and mm. I'll forward you to I'll give you Daryl and Zoe's number and you can talk to them. <laughs> but no, thank you so much. I've learnt so much today from you guys. Just mm. so much. And then applying a Christian worldview behind it has mm. offered me so much kind of help and support and I hope that our listeners has as well so thanks for asking to be on the thing no I worries guys. It, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much Zoe thank you Daryl um, my name is Mary and this is Black Barua take care